Empire. Neil back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, guys? We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Bazana, and as always, my brother Noel. Real quick, I want to thank Heco Sticks for sponsoring the show. It's spelled H-E-C-O-S-T-I-X. Go to HecoSticks.com to see all the videos and testimonials on the product. When you get there, use our promo code BeltwayBros at checkout to receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that promo code is BeltwayBros. Hey, Noel. Uh, we're going to get into this in a minute. A little bit of a rough game. <laughs> yeah, it was something. Yeah, it was something, all right. Even though we didn't have the outcome we were looking for. But we're going to have USA Today NFL writer and columnist, fellow Empire Media podcast host of Football Jones, Mike Jones, a little bit later in the show. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's something positive in the show. Yeah. We kind of had a <laughs> feeling they were going to lose, so we felt like we had to bring out a big gun for this, you know? Yeah, right, right. Actually, we both said they were going to win, if you go back to the <laughs> predictions. <laughs> we thought we were going to have a party with Mike Jones, you know? But maybe... Yeah, maybe. Uh, well... Maybe he can he can raise the level of the show a little bit and bring some positivity. Maybe. We'll see how it goes. Let me get through this real quick. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook group. Just search Beltway Sports Bros. You can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. One last thing. If you are listening to the show right now, which obviously you are, please hit the subscribe button or follow so you don't miss a single episode going forward. To start, if you didn't see the game... Lucky you, but if, you, uh, if you'd like to relive the horror real quick of week two, I'll be happy to do that for you. Hey, Halloween is coming up, right? So, yeah. Well, Washington lost at Arizona 30-15 to in a pretty one-sided contest throughout the game. Arizona led 20 to nothing at halftime behind Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. That was a touchdown there and a Murray 14-yard run in the first quarter, and the Cardinals never looked back. Washington did score two touchdowns late, one being a 24-yard pass from Dwayne Haskins to Terry McLaurin, and the other an 11-yard run from Antonio Gibson. There is an injury to report. Unfortunately, right guard Brandon Sheriff came out of the game when his leg was rolled up. He did not return. We have no updates on him as of yet. So, where do you want to start? The shitty offense? or Yeah, sure. I don't understand. They just came out exactly the same way, uh, inept as they did against the Eagles. The first five drives were just actually dog shit. Punt, punt, fumble on the Arizona 19, punt, punt. I don't understand what the focus is. They came out as if they didn't learn anything from the previous game and were just trying something new again. It made no sense to me. It was just completely vanilla. There were a couple of little gimmicky plays yet again. And um, I just don't understand. I don't get it. It's not that complicated. And it looked like their offense was way over everybody's head. Yeah, and also the exact same thing happened last week as well when they started the quick passing, the slants. You know, they went back to that. It didn't seem as out of whack, you know, and they were just trying things in the first in the Eagles game, but it was a little confusing. It looks like they did try to establish the run at first, like we talked about before with Antonio Gibson, which I do like him a lot, by the way. A side note. Yeah, he was one of the only bright spots on that offense besides McLaurin. 
Yeah, it just got so out of control. And it looked like when Landon Collins got that pick, it was going to kind of be a repeat of last week. You know, oh, they're they're down 14 nothing. Yeah, here we pick. go. All yeah. right. Yeah, here we go. And then the fumble happened. Backbreaker, man. And, you know, that offensive line is dog shit. It's dog shit. It's not all on Haskins. Haskins was sailing balls. He was putting balls short. I get it. You know, sometimes he was stepping up into the pocket in situations where it's just like, where are you going, man? Yeah. But that offensive line was getting eviscerated. Even prior to the sheriff injury, he was on his ass. He was getting beaten. And they have some serious issues there. And we've talked about it before. And we knew this was going to rear its ugly head. And um, that's a glaring issue. And on top of that, not allowing Haskins to be successful in what he knows. When you're giving up fucking 24 points in the first quarter total over two games, it's 24 to zero. That's a problem for any team, okay? When you're 37 points to seven points in first halves in two games, I don't care what offense you have unless you're the Chiefs. You've got serious freaking problems, man. Serious issues. Well, that's on the defense as well, though. The offense didn't really turn no, the ball No, it's not over. on the defense at all. To give it's up. On, if, yeah, you're damn... No, it's not. When you're giving this offense opportunity after opportunity... Look, when you go three and out right off the bat, okay? They had three plays for negative nine yards on their opening series, Matt. That's not really starting things off too hot. No, I understand. Okay? But the defense still gave up a touchdown on the first drive. Okay. I understand that. Yes, they didn't get off on the right foot either, but they fought their way through the game. Their D-backs are dog shit unless the defensive line plays well. And it's very difficult for a D-line to play well against the likes of Kyler Murray. Absolutely. Okay, any of them. So the offense did not help them at all. At all. They got some garbage stuff at the end. McKissick played well at the very end of the game. Maybe he should be the starter initially. But where the hell is this Christian McCaffrey 2.0 shit? You know how many catches the running backs had in that game? One. One throw to the running backs on a guy that Haskins is playing with happy feet, overthrowing guys over the middle. Where's the dump-offs? This offensive line was getting eviscerated. Where's the relief guy? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is exactly. There is none. Going into the season, we thought that this would be a lot of quick throws to running backs in the backfield, out of the backfield and everything. But I think the problem was that Haskins has very little touch on his throws out of the backfield as well. He was zipping them to those guys in the last game. And I, don't, I think they're probably concerned that he can't actually make those throws properly. I mean, he spikes it out. Well, look, then no offense. My son Ryan's absolutely right. He is Trashkins. <laughs> If he can't make a freaking throw to a running back. And I don't think that's the issue. I don't. Well, that was I the issue he, in the first, in the Eagles game. Well, fine. You can't base everything off of one game. So what, you just omit it from your offense because he had one game? You're talking ridiculous now. No, I'm not. The fact of the matter is, saying, these saying, are ways to make a quarterback more comfortable. You throw to your outlets. You throw to your safety blankets. If he misses one, fine. What, do you just omit it? No, it wasn't omitted. They were out there, all that second two-point conversion. He had McKissick on the right. He should have thrown that immediately. He would have gotten. He was wide open, but he didn't look at it. He spiked no, it in. I, in the I, understand, of the field. I understand. It's not going to be every single time, but when you throw one ball to a running back, there has to be a situation where there has to be adjustments there. It can't just be him zoning in on freaking McLaurin the entire time. My point is that this offense is inept and they don't come into games prepared.
And we've talked about this with Jay Gruden, about not having preparations at halftime and things like that. Well, they're not coming into the games prepared. And I understand they didn't have preseason and they're young kids and they haven't worked together a whole hell of a lot. But there's absolutely no reason that in your first five drives that you should come up with zilch yeah okay with zero not we're not even talking about points here we're talking about some resemblance of an offense yeah that's all i'm saying it wasn't pretty you know i don't think that the defense was completely clear of this as well either it's it's not like the offense put them in horrendous situations they just didn't move the ball and yeah that's not good of course but it's not like they they fumbled the ball at the five at their own well no there are two situations that i'll give you where it's not the defense's fault that totally change the trajectory of the game yeah i know what you're gonna say the landon collins pick god willing this guy's like the guy that saves his ass after making 15 bad plays then he does something to make himself look good this guy was getting torched the entire game he made one fucking play the entire game okay he made that pick but it was a big one it was they had the ball at the 19 could have made some real noise there and also the defense stopped him again fumble off the return mm-hmm. what are we talking about here these two plays were critical no no they, in the game they absolutely were but i'm saying they were still deep in arizona territory it wasn't like the fumble yes uh the second fumble by sims jr absolutely that was backbreaking I mean, what was there, three turnovers and eight plays total on both teams? I mean, oh, so you think that it, it helped the defense, that the defense, um, by picking the ball off in Arizona territory, that wasn't a big play by the defense, and then them fumbling it and having to jump right back on the fucking field yet again? They were completely gassed, dude. Oh, by the fourth quarter, they were toast, absolutely. I think they were toast before that. Having to run around like with that guy like a chicken with his head cut off for a whole game? Yeah, and I think it was just a bad matchup. I don't think they have enough. Yeah. I mean, that offense on Arizona's... Very good. And they play very quickly. They play that college-style offense that's tough to substitute during that. I mean, they're they're playing, what, the turbo offense, whatever the hell you want to call it, the entire game, even when they're up by 20, you know, in the fourth quarter. They don't give a shit. So that's a tough offense to get prepared for. I think eventually for sure. the, the offense is on Arizona. The NFL is going to catch up to them eventually, but they do have a ton of weapons too, and they're multifaceted. And Washington isn't a very good football team. No, and that too. At the end of the day, that's what it is. And they have glaring weaknesses that we already talked about initially. The offensive line, crap. Apke, crap. Even Collins, I'll give him, as far as for the season, he's made two big plays so far this year, but I'll give him a D. For a guy making that kind of money and and the veteran that he is, he's not playing up to par, man. He's missing too many tackles. Way too many tackles. He can't cover me. No. It's awful. It's awful to watch. Those two guys have no cohesiveness. Apke has given up big plays over the top. The D-backs are shaking. And another issue with the defense, and we're talking about adjustments during the game. I saw on a regular basis where we said, okay, Arizona doesn't have a big-time tight end. Great. At least they won't get urinated on by a tight end. But you know what Arizona did? They put Fitzgerald basically at the tight end spot over the slot, and you know who had to cover him? Moreland. He was getting bodied like Shaq on you, Matt. <laughs> he was. Okay? Over and over again. No, and they tried to put Moreland. We talked about it at halftime. They put yeah. Moreland on the outside. Right. And actually, Fitzgerald kind of got neutralized a little bit more in the, because I think they put Moreau. I could be wrong on there on, on uh, Fitzgerald. I'd have to look at the film, you know, of course. But yeah. No, but Moreland was on there, and then all that happened was Hopkins urinated him on the outside. So it wasn't, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't really. Hey, man, that team is, like you said, has some serious weapons offensively. It was going to be a tough task for this defense. And like I said in the preview show, the offense was going to be 
Washington's best defense, yeah. and they did not show up. And a serious part of the responsibility and the sense of urgency has to fall on the coaching. They came out flat on both sides of the ball yet again. Right. Okay. Gave up a big drive. Then they get the ball back three and out, negative nine yards. You cannot continue, especially with the level of talent that this team has, which is 5%, cannot continue to perform like this. You just can't. Yeah. Agreed. Let's look at some positives oh, uh, yeah? b- before we get to Mike Jones, shall we? Okay. All right. Yeah, let's move to the positive a little bit. I don't want to be the yelling berserko guy on Mike. Yeah, the positives <laughs> are that they're starting out with the Browns six and a half point underdogs. So that's <laughs> No, you want to know what the positives are? The NFC East looks like dog shit too. That's a positive. Absolutely. That is a serious positive. I mean, Dallas, by the grace of God, got out of that game on that onside kick and then got a field goal. And then Eagles look like shit. Wentz looks like garbage, and the Giants are the Giants, and they just lost Barkley for who knows how long. So that's the one positive I will take from this. They're still tied for first place in the division. I'm looking at the NFC East right now, and it's looking like one of those. It's going to be those atypical 9-7, and potentially 8-8 and division winners. It could be. Looking so far week two. So that's the positive that I'll take from it. And, you know, the young guys, Gibson, McLaurin, and Young. Those three guys look like they could be some anchors of this team moving forward. Yeah, uh, the Brandon Sheriff injury is is not a good thing, but I think Schweitzer actually outplayed Sheriff. You know, Haskins actually seemed a little bit more protected when he came out. Maybe maybe Sheriff was injured prior to that. I don't know. The guy's always injured. So I'm not saying that's a positive. I'm just saying that's something. And I think if we're talking about the Browns, I'm not going to get into that right now, but they're definitely a beatable team. Even being six and a half point underdogs to the Browns, I think that's a very winnable game. Positively, going forward, with more film that they put on, they're going to see what they do well and what they don't do well. And this is really early. What do you think that this team does well right now? I think that they throw a mean slant pass. Uh, for whatever reason, they can do that because Terry McLaurin cannot be stopped on those routes. Other than that, if they stick with the run, I think that they can run a little bit. I really like Gibson. I think that he's got an upside. Um, he seems like he can carry the load. I like McKissick. Um, other than that, I, I really don't know. I mean, the defense is good. I think they can be good. I think that they, again, just ran into a buzzsaw with Murray. You know, they just beat the 49ers last week with a very similar defense. You know, that tough defensive line with um, sure. a little bit uh, no like you said Washington is basically a poor man's Niners team yeah what I think that this team does well is pressure the quarterback when they can which Murray is not a guy that you can pressure very well at times and I said before don't give up the big plays by Murray that was something that I made abundantly clear and I know it's easier said than done but when you give him big lanes and you're in one-on-one matchups. I mean, he had guys on skates, man. Yeah. Just don't give up the backbreaker. And they did that on multiple occasions, especially on third downs and even on fourth downs. And yes, I think this defense, once they, they don't play the Murrays of the world, will show better. Um, I still think they have issues on the back end at D-back. And Fuller will help that, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. we'll see. Yeah. I wouldn't see any reason why he wouldn't. The issue that I had with the game is not the loss. The major issue, we can talk about all this stuff all we want and go over personnel, is they yet again did not come in prepared to fight in this game on either side of the ball. 
and that comes from the coaching, and these guys are supposed to be different, these coaches, and right now, I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, they can make adjustments at halftime. We've seen that. They just apparently yeah. can't game plan for... <laughs> <laughs> right. So what's better? So I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. When you get yourselves in holes like this, man, I don't give a damn who you are, and um, that needs to change abruptly. All right. Well, let's get to Mike Jones. Let's bring some sanity to this whole thing. Yeah, let's bring Mike in and uh, have a little chat with him. Maybe he'll make us feel a little bit better about the situation. Sad to say, but Noel and I are getting old, and we've been looking for ways to sharpen our hand-eye coordination reaction speed, but also like to throw something around outside with our kids once in a while. Then we found this product, Hico Sticks. Hico Sticks has three prongs, three colors, throw it, call the color, and catch the color. Simple, right? It's way harder than it looks, and there are so many ways to increase the difficulty that challenges even the best athletes. For example, Odell Beckham, Alvin Kamara, Joe Burrow, just to name a few. They use it to take their training to the next level. So Hico Sticks is the winner of the Men's Health Award. Even though it's already being used across all major pro sports and college programs, doesn't mean it's just for the elite. It also has the national standard for K-12 physical education curriculum, with so many shutdowns and gyms closing, Hico Sticks is the perfect tool to add to your home workout. Or you can just make it a fun competition with your family, you know, while you're sitting at home. You can go to HicoSticks.com for more details. When you order, don't forget to use our promo code, Beltway Bros, and get 10% off your entire order. Catch Hico Sticks today. All right, guys, please welcome USA Today NFL writer and columnist and fellow Empire Media podcast host of Football Jones, which comes out every Tuesday. Mr. Mike Jones, how are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You're driving back from the uh, Philadelphia Rams game, right? Yep, exactly. Sounds like you're moving pretty good, so that's good. <laughs> Other than the dinosaurs that you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I guess they got to have uh, some way to make a little money since there's nothing going on uh, at the, uh, the 76ers or the... Uh, Flyers Arena, so there was this big giant Jurassic Park drive-through thing that uh, was going on right across the street from the uh, the stadium. So you didn't uh, you didn't stop over, you know, see uh, a raptor or a T Rex or something, you know? I, I saw it from a distance. <laughs> That's and, good enough. Uh, that, that was good enough. That's all you needed. <laughs> well, um, let's let's just jump in so you can um, you know have a safer drive home. Real quick, what, what did you take away from the game? Obviously, the Arizona-Washington game. What were your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, I feel like the, that I wasn't entirely surprised. I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of days like this because as encouraging as the week one performance was, this team is still very much a work in progress. And yep. you could tell that the Cardinals are a year ahead of Washington. Um, they've got a quarterback who played all of last year. And there was no question that the head coach was invested in him last year. Um, Washington had Dwayne Haskins play for part of the year. And for the first half of his year and the whole offseason, his head coach didn't want anything really to do with him. Um, Arizona has got an unbelievable weapon in Hopkins. And they've got other pieces in place and a really good defense. Washington has Terry McLaurin and nobody else really. And their defense right. is, you know, they've got pieces there. They're working on it. But so I, I know that Arizona knows what they want to be. I think Washington is still very much trying to figure out what they want to be. I think Scott Turner is trying to figure out what kind of offensive coordinator he wants to be. Um, so 
this is a whole learning process for everybody involved. And so they're going to look really good one week and they're going to run into a team that's more experienced than them and they're going to look overmatched. But I did like that they showed life late. They didn't lay down and die, um, you know, and they made the score a little respectable. Yeah, isn't that always the case with this team? <laughs> Shiny on paper sometimes. Yeah, right. Kirk Cousins is the best at that. He's he knows he knows what he's doing when it comes back to making things look respectable. He'll get you those three hundred yard games, you know. Every time. Except for today, which I, I kinda took a little joy in, I'm not gonna lie. But anyway, um so is this what we can expect going forward? Do you think that as the season progresses they're gonna look more like they did in week one or more like they did in this game? Um no, I think that Look, the first half of the season, the first month of the season is basically preseason. They're still experimenting a lot. I think by the time we get to that halfway point of the season, that's when you hope to see them have their identity carved out um, and you'll know what their calling cards are. Um, So, I mean, I'm not despairing. If I'm a Washington fan, I'm just looking at it as, you know what, it's a learning process. We're getting a lot of stuff in place. And... By the time we get to mid-November and December, that's when you want to start seeing real signs that Haskins is learning, the whole offense is learning, and you kind of see what they want to be and what they're going to be in the future. I understand that there's still a learning curve. This is almost like no preseason. They haven't worked together, all young guys on the offensive side of the ball. But it just seems, especially at the beginning of games, first quarter, two quarters, they just seem completely inept. They seem like they're trying gimmicks in order to show flashes of life. But Haskins does not seem comfortable in what they're doing, from my standpoint. What do you think? No, I agree. And and I don't know if you guys listened to the post-game broadcast um, where he was on with, uh, with um, you know, with London Fletcher and them. And he said it like four different times that they're still trying to figure out what they want to be. That really signaled to me that, they don't have a firm grasp on what their game plan or what their playing style is. Um, look, I don't know. I think Scott Turner is is learning. I don't know how he is at scripting his first 15 plays, but it kind of just looks like he's throwing stuff out there. Oh, let's try this. Right. Okay. Oh, let's try this. Oh, that didn't work, so let's try this. <laughs> and then you get to the third and fourth quarters, and – he knows what he wants to do. Well, you got to try to figure out how to start the game with that same game plan where you're aggressive. And I, I mean, I really think that the best thing for Haskins and probably for Turner as well is going with that up tempo. Um, you know, I know you got to huddle sometimes, but Haskins looks comfortable when he's just dropping back and hitting, dropping back and hitting. Totally. Handing agree. Off, yeah. Back, you know, so. If it's, I mean, if you got to go no huddle, go no huddle because you're in a better rhythm and you're making it so the defense can't substitute in and out. Um, and, you know, see what happens that way because right now this whole experimentation for the first quarter and a half is putting you into a hole. And especially putting the defense in a hole. I mean, which is the strength of the team. I mean, when you're starting the game with four punts and a fumble, when um, you have opportunities to score and the defense is just having to strap the helmet back on and go out there again, at the very least, the offense should show some forms of life, throwing the ball downfield, using Haskins' strengths, and I don't feel like they did any of that initially. I think they weren't going to McLaurin at the beginning of the game, which is 
like you said, their only option offensively. And defensively, they just seem totally gassed by the end of the game because of that. Yeah, well, that defense is having to be on the field longer than it really should have to. Um, that's why another reason the benefit of that up-tempo attack, well, your offense, you're able to string something together. And look, you're just chipping away just, you know, three, four, five yards a pop, extending, moving the chains, and give your defense a breather. If you take a deep shot downfield on first down and you miss it, then you run the ball on second down and your guy gets stuffed, then you're in third long, and then you're three and out, and your defense has got to get right back out there again. They've got to find a better way to develop a rhythm and ease pressure on their defense. Because, look, the defense is giving them opportunities. Right. They're getting the ball back for them. Um, they're forcing the other team, you know, they, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot of, you know, getting off the field quickly today, but they definitely got the ball back for them at times and the offense squandered those opportunities. So return the favor and play a little, you know, keep away um, and, and, and run the clock some so that way your guys get a little breather. Do you think that they have the same confidence in Haskins after he starts to throw balls in errant locations. I mean, there were a few balls there, even to Logan Thomas and um, on the outside that were sailing on him. I know he had some pressure around him and he had a little bit of happy feet at times, but do you think they started to get a little more conservative and started giving the ball to Gibson because Haskins, he, he wasn't making all the throws? Yeah, he wasn't. Um, and, you know, and I think he's still working. You can tell sometimes his mechanics are a little bit off, his fundamentals. Um, and he's working on that. But the only way he's going to work on it is to is to continue playing them and, and continue to drill and things like that. Um, I, I I think you do have to be aggressive, but I do think when you've got a young quarterback, a strong run game is his best friend. And I mean, I don't know though. Do they have a running back that's capable of being that workhorse to ease the pressure on him? That's why I was really surprised by Adrian Peterson getting cut. Right. I understand that their style of offense, they need a different kind of back, but I want a versatile back that can give you a little bit of everything. So if you need to go with the play-action attack to help your young quarterback, you've got somebody that the defense really has to, you know, can keep them honest. With the O-line, that gives the pre- – I mean, that'll help them on play-action right. as well by being able to run the ball. This offensive line isn't, you know, world beaters here. And I think that – by continuing to do these type of plays that puts pressure on them too, that left side of the line. And now with Sheriff down, I don't know what his status is at this point, but they're already thin and, and they're lacking in certain places as well. Yeah, you're exactly right. And ask any, any offensive lineman out there, every offensive lineman prefers to run block um, as they're getting going because it gives them a, a rhythm. The defense is back on their heels. They're not able to pin their ears back and just come after you every single time. Um, and so that's another benefit of running the football. And that's something that Scott Turner has got to figure out. Um, you know, again, he's learning on the job because he called plays late in the season for Air, for uh, Carolina last year. But his dad was the OC. And I don't know if he's exactly ready to be that guy. I'm sure he's smart. I've heard good things about him. But this is the first time that he's been the guy as far as running an offense and figuring out how to call plays and set things up. Yeah, absolutely. Have you heard anything about Sheriff? He was getting blown up in this game. Was he hurt before this? Or because Schweitzer actually looked better when he came in. He lo Haskins looked like he was actually getting protected a little more consistently. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard anything what his status was. 
Um, I thought that he had been a little bit banged up um, at some point. Um, you know, obviously he played all the game last week. Uh, so I don't know yet. Uh, unfortunate for them because, I mean, the left side, I mean, the right side of that line is the, the strong side with, with Moses and Sheriff there together. Um, but this whole line, and that's why when people ask me, hey, do you think that we can surprise some people this year? I say no, because there's so many pieces. They, they need reliable weapons. They need a reliable offensive line. Um, and, and until you get all that stuff in line, that takes a year or two to get all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, the pieces that they have right now, can this offense survive uh, throughout the season? I mean, they're razor thin at pretty much every position on offense. Have you heard if they're looking to add anyone by trade or there's not much on the waiver wire, maybe Antonio Brown, you know, want to destroy a culture right there. But um, have you heard anything about that? No, I mean, I think that they're obviously they're doing their homework and everybody. But the sense that I get is that they know that this is going to be a process and they're having to build this thing gradually. And they've got a lot of young guys. They know they've got to develop that talent. Look, it's in week two. They're not panicking but they just know that they're going to be growing pains this year. And that's another reason why they did trade Peterson because they were like, look, we're not one piece away. We're not two pieces away. We're probably about 15 pieces away on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. And so, you know, we'll, we'll do this thing, gradual, slow build, develop the young talent we have and, um, you know, deal with the growing pains. Uh, that's depressing to think about. Well, thank you for that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, could be a few years down the road. Who knows? But um, obviously the, the defensive line is the anchor of this team. But honestly, I feel like if, the, if they don't get pressure on the quarterback, those D-backs are vulnerable. Um, at times and it reared its ugly head sometimes today I mean everybody has issues with is going to have issues with uh, Kyler Murray that's not the problem but I feel like the defensive backs sometimes just are very lacking yeah well I mean does anybody out there scare you you know do you look at any of those DBs and if you're an opposing coach do you have to circle anybody maybe Landon Collins a little bit I think once Kendall Fuller is back that'll help you on that back in there Right now, it's great. You've got young guys. They're getting experience. Um, they're going to take their lumps, though. And so, yeah, that's why there's so much pressure on those guys up front because if they can't win their one-on-one matchups and the guys on the back end are having to hold up in coverage, it's not going to go well. And, um, you know, it, 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 that's why another this team is not ready for prime time because everything has to go perfect. You can't have any missteps anywhere for things just to have a chance to go well. And, you know, if your offensive line is struggling, then, you know, everything's going to struggle. If your defensive line is struggling, then pretty much the whole rest of your defense is going to struggle as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can't have uh, halftime speeches by Haskins every time to uh, motivate everyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. Or play completely decimated offensive (laughs) lines. You know, that's also as well. But – the Eagles and the Giants are 0-2, right? The Cowboys pulled off this miracle, and now we're 1-1, which was very depressing to see while watching this game. I think we were down 14 nothing at that point, and, right. and they ended up winning that game. Do you think this team can stay competitive in the East with the way these other teams are playing? I, I absolutely think so, because, okay, look, Philly, I thought that they were going to have a leg up on everybody because of the continuity. Now, look, they've got a beat-up offensive line, but that is not all of their problems. Carson Wentz is pressing. 
He's forcing things. He's not playing smart football um, consistently. Um, they're, they're wide receivers. They don't have a lot of consistent threats there as well. Um, they've got aging right. guys, and then they've got young guys who are unproven. So, you know, outside of their tight ends um, and Miles Sanders, they, there's a lot of issues. And, and I'm telling you, Fletcher Cox doesn't scare anybody like he used to anymore. Yeah, um, he's just a name. Yeah, he, a- you know, he's kind of seen his better days. Um, and then you look at the Cowboys. They've got a new coach. They should have lost this game today. Um, if if the, the, the Falcons were any better, um, a, you know, a better team, they, there's, they had no business losing that game. And the Giants, Daniel Jones doesn't look great. They're still, you know, and now Saquon Barkley, if he's out, um, that's really bad for them. So I definitely think that Washington has a chance. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I'd be shocked if that happened. But they have a chance to not be in the basement of this division. They have a chance to be scratching and clawing and, and, you know, jockeying for position as that, you know, third place team. And maybe if they're lucky, second place place team but it seems like a stretch because i think the eagles are eventually gonna get stuff in order um but you know i don't know who's worse right now the washington <laughs> or the giants and um, that's a toss-up yeah so <laughs> there's hope for you there yeah there is i mean do you think that this was just a bad matchup for this defense as well i mean kyler murray's all over the place they've got weapons i mean i think arizona is not just going to surprise some people could potentially be a team to deal with in January type of thing. But that's just after two weeks. Who the hell knows? But Arizona is just a bad matchup for anybody, especially a team that has a stellar defensive line. And you can easily take that away by the way that Kyler Murray can move around and the weapons that they have. Is this just a bad matchup for this team? And I hope that that's the case. I mean, as a fan, that's just kind of what I'm holding on to, I guess, at this point. Look, let's not forget, Arizona just beat the Super Bowl runner-ups last week. They beat right. um, a, a healthy um, San Francisco 49ers team. They gave them trouble because the problem is, is they have such an athletic quarterback who can run and throw, and it's hard for you to totally pin back your ears and come after him because if you come after him, then he's going to burn you because he's so fast. But if you try to sit back and force him to pass and you give him time, then he's got the weapons to go to different guys and they'll pick you apart. So, And yeah. then they have a really good defense. So, yeah, like I said before, this team, the Cardinals, are ahead of the schedule that Washington is on. So, I mean, I just think that it's we've, we've got to remember that this is a process. I know Washington fans have been suffering for so long and they're tired of being patient, but that's all they can do this year there's going to be a lot of times when they're just somebody who's further along in the process than them, and you've got to get really lucky. The ball's got to bounce just perfectly for you to have a chance. And today was just, you know, they had no business beating Arizona. All you want to see is that they're making gradual progress and that they're figuring out their identity. Um, So if they look like they have a clue, they're coming out there and they're just short, they're just narrowly missing here and there, then okay, at least you can point to some progress and feel good that they're heading in the right direction. Now, if they look like they still don't know what they want to do or what kind of team they want to be, you know, four or five games into the season, then you can get depressed and start picking up a hobby on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just hoping that, again, the NFC East is 
as bad as they've looked through the first couple weeks, so at least they look respectable in the standings there. I mean, and maybe win a couple division games here and there. I really think that as far as Dallas, they're probably at the most talented team um, out of the bunch right now. They pulled one out today, but I think that if they can win a couple division games and, like you said, look somewhat respectable and look like they're moving forward, I think that everybody as a fan will say, okay, well, we can be competitive next year. Right. You understand, okay, we see the plan. We're seeing how it's where they're trending. Um, that's that's what you can hope for. Absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And again, you can read Mike's columns at usatoday.com. Is that right? Yep, that's right. In the actual paper as well, right? <laughs> Could people oh, still yeah, do yeah. that? Actual <laughs> okay. paper and yeah, <laughs> yep. usatoday.com, the, the, the Dead Tree edition as well. And uh, <laughs> All the links are on Twitter, um, at by Mike Jones, and the podcast links are on there, too. And again, you can uh, catch Football Jones every Tuesday. It's an awesome podcast. Please check that out. Mike, thanks again. Hopefully, we will catch you down the road. Yeah, thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again to Mike Jones for taking some time with us. Great guy. You can follow Mike on Twitter at ByMikeJones and also catch his NFL columns on USAToday.com and also his podcast, Football Jones, every Tuesday on all podcast platforms. We're also on all major podcast platforms as well. Please rate, review and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group and our website, BeltwaySportsPros.com. Hope you guys enjoy your Monday and we will see you on Wednesday.